Mario. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. So I know it's been I know it's been almost a couple of weeks since I recorded an episode. Uh last week has been pretty busy with me with work, but now uh, since I got some time today. Might as well record another episode. So you're all probably wondering from what I just mentioned. If that if that doesn't ring any bells. Well for this episode I am going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And boy oh boy. The Super Mario Brothers movie has become one of the most uh, talked about animated films. In, in recent, recently because... Because this film, when this film was first announced, like I had, uh, I had doubts about the film because the Super Mario Brothers movie, technically, it is a video game movie, and from what many people have experienced watching movies based on video games, they had they often have a bad reputation for being uh, some some of the worst movies of all time, while others have like more of a mixed critical reception reception sometimes when when directors trying to adapt a video game into a movie it can be very tough especially depending on what game they adapt it depends on where they go with the story because there are there are multiple video multiple video games where it out were expanded into huge franchises and the super and the super mario brothers is one of them now now there have been now there have been some very good some very good uh there have been some very good video video game movie adaptations most notably Detective Pikachu the first two Sonic the Hedgehog movies and of course the Angry Birds 2 film which is basically ba- a, a game based on an app those have become some some of the most criti- some of the most critically acclaimed films as of now and of course there's probably a couple of them missing that are prob- that are actually pretty good too. Those that can and and of course you also have those video game movie adaptations where they have a mixed reception, like the nineteen ninety five, like the like the the very first Mortal Kombat film that came out in the nineties, and then you also got the Mortal Kombat reboot movie that came out in twenty twenty one. Plus, you also have uh, the Tomb Raider film that came out in twenty eighteen. And of and of course the Rampage movie starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like those films, for example, got a mixed reception because uh, because some people because there's a lot of people that that enjoyed that enjoyed it and, and and it comes a little bit close to the video games at times, despite the story going a little bit overboard, if you know what I'm saying. As for the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out in 2023, it had a mixed reception. But 
it actually grew it, it actually grew a huge reputation by by audiences who gave it a positive response. So that means a lot of people who are fans of the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out in 2023 really enjoyed this film. Now you all are probably wondering, did I enjoy the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yes. Yes I did. I I went to see this I went to see this film uh the day before Easter with uh two of my bro two of my brothers and and we loved it. We loved the film. Now, to be fair, the film does have its flaws, and I will get to that. I will get to that eventually. But but I had a fun time with that film. It was fun. It was a fun filled. It was a fun film to watch. Not just uh, not just with the family, but for those who grew up playing the Mar the Mario games. Now, just to give my background on Mario, including the games itself. I grew up playing the um, the Nintendo DS uh, Mario games, most notably most notably the Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart. Those were two those were the two Mario games I played growing up as a as a child on Nintendo DS. This was what and that came out in like the in the 2000s. So this is when Nintendo DS was started to be at the time when Nintendo DS started to become popular. But also when the Wii system came out, you also got the Mario, you also got Mario Kart Wii and Mar, and of course the new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Those came out, now those came out on Wii too, and I remember playing those games both on Nintendo DS and on Nintendo Wii. That was like, that is basically, those are basically fun games to play. Of course, you also have a Mario game where he plays baseball with uh, all of his, all, with all the other Mario characters. I remember that game as well, and of course, the Super Smash Brothers tournament, and and boy, that was that was great. That was a great that was a great game too, because you not only you have like Mario characters, but also different characters for different video game media to come together and kick kick some ass, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like in a in a fighting style tournament, similar to Mortal Kombat, but more like in a uh, PG version. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's kind of like my background on, um, on, on Mario. Plus, knowing the fact that Mario, Mario, it, Mario, and of course his brother Luigi, the Mario brothers, are Italian, are Italian plumbers. In fact, Mario started out, started off in, in the, he, Mario, Mario first appeared in the, in the video game, the Donkey Kong video game, and he, at the time, he was known as, the Jumpman at the at the time when Donkey Kong was first released. This was this was Mario's first appearance appearance in in a video game, which which was the Donkey Kong video game. You know, basically where he's dodging, uh, jumping, and dodging barrels and rescuing the princess. And of course, and of course, uh, this later spawned a franchise starting with the Super Mario Bro the Super Mario Brothers, and and that fran and that and those games kept going and going. It turned into a into a franch it turned into a franchise where Mario has become one of the most not only not only the most popular character one of the most popular video game characters but also one of the most popular video game franchise of all time. It even spawned a, spawned a couple of TV shows in the late eight, going into the eighties and nineties. Even a movie in in nineteen ninety three a live action movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo 
And that was like the first attempt of Hollywood trying to adapt a video game into a movie. And it didn't go that well because with that film that, that Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo starred in as uh, Mario and Luigi, it didn't it, it didn't do well with a lot of people because of how it deviated so much from the video from the video game. Not not to mention about how how it went behind the scenes. Even Bob Hoskins himself hated this film. Bob Hoskins did not like working on the Super Mario Brothers movie. And even at one time, and even multiple times, when he's on set, like he he spews a lot of f bombs on set so basically he's like cussing all over and he almost quit the film at one point and certain a few more f bombs as well also there was also a rumor that that bob hoskins and john leguizamo were also like were, all, were also drinking on sets if you know um if you know what i mean before they before they were, they were able to shoot now that was just a rumor that's just a rumor even dennis hopper didn't like working on the Super Mario Bros. movie. He played King Koopa, to which King Koopa is Bowser. Now, 30 years later, we get an animated Mario movie, and the results for that are way different. Despite the mixed reception, it got a positive response from audiences. So technically, the, so technically from, my, from my opinion, the animated movie did a much better job than the live-action film. Now... Now before I jump into before I jump into the film, just to give a background on the on the animated Mario movie, I have touched I I have touched upon this film before, most notably the casting, most notably the the whole casting announcement, and I did this back in 2021. Now I was still I was in my fifth year at Eastern Illinois University. Um, I t I was t I did this episode with uh, Jonathan Fong and Chandler Smith. We were talking about talking about the whole the casting the casting of the Super Mario Brothers movie, most notably Chris Pratt. I have uh, touched upon this, so I have touched upon this topic before. And in case you all are probably wondering, I had a I was split on the casting decision of Chris Pratt as Mario, which literally. Which literally got people questioning: Is Chris Pratt going to pull this role off, voicing Mario? Because when you think of Mario, you're thinking of like you know Mario, Italian plumber, also saying "It's me, Mario, Mamma Mia." You know those things. You know those things too. Of course, uh, of course, we all know who the one of the original voice actors for uh, Mario is is Charles Martinet. Charles Martinet is the original is one of the original voice actors for Mario. And he's been voicing Mario for a long time, so so yeah. Now of course, now of course, a lot of people had different opinions on it. And plus, when this was first announced, uh, uh, there were there were a ton of memes, most notably taking taking still shots from uh, Jurassic World that Chris Pratt was in, because uh, Chris Pratt's Mario. There were a few pictures where he is like trying to stop the three uh, raptors. Instead of like instead of the raptors being raptors, they were all different Yoshi's. And of course, you get another still shot of a of a of a of, of a raptor, but this time color coded as color coded by being color coded green. And of course, of course, Chris Pratt with the Mario hat and the mustache. And the fact is that this is like Mario with Yoshi. And uh, and I think the icing on the cake is the Super Mario Galaxy, which of course Chris Pratt playing. 
Peter Quill, Star-Lord, and Guardians of the Galaxy, there are a ton of memes. There are definitely a ton of memes when Chris Pratt was first announced. I mean, the memes, I thought they were pretty funny. But also, you know, you know, people do have different opinions on this. Some of the opinions do go overboard of the fact that that people are spreading uh, lies about Chris Pratt. You know, that's something that really uh, pisses me off. Like, people are just, like, thinking that Chris Pratt's... Um, is a bad dude. They're spreading like a ton of people literally spreading lies about Chris Pratt, despite the cat, despite his casting. To which that is a whole nother different story because I I like Chris Pratt. I think Chris, I believe Chris Pratt because I I like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, I think Chris Pratt is a very very de I th I say he's a decent guy. He's a pretty good guy. I like him as an actor too. I just don't understand why a lot of people are literally going after Chris Pratt. Like, a lot of people are going after Chris Pratt just to, like, you know, to just to, like, you know, saying that he should not be a part of, the, he should not be a part of this role. Some people even go far to make other negative remarks towards Chris Pratt. I mean, which, which I don't understand, but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. Because even before the film was released, there are definitely a ton, a ton of people literally, like, just literally going after Chris Pratt a lot, which is something that I, that really, that really gets on my nerves. But, but like I said, that's a whole nother story. Now, the film features an origin story for the brothers, Mario and Luigi, Italian-American plumbers who are transported to an alternate world and become entangled in a battle between the Mushroom Kingdom, led by Princess Peach, and the Koopas, led by Bowser. So that's basically the plot of the film. It's basically serving as an origin story for Mario and Luigi. Although, this time around, Mario has to rescue Luigi instead of Princess Peach because in the original games, uh, Prince Princess Peach has been known to be a damsel a damsel in distress. So, but in later video game now later video game uh, in later video game sequels and, and revivals, Princess Peach has become more of a playable character at times, and the and the most notable inspiration has been coming from the most recent Mario games. So so basically so basically one of the most so basically one of the most recent examples of where they actually used uh, Princess Peach as a uh, playable character was most notably the Super Mario 3D World which came out in 2013. And this was the game that introduced a new power up which is basically the cat suit. So most of the film so most of the film was 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 taken taken from the Super Mario Mario 3D World as an inspirate as more of an inspiration to say the, to say just to say. Now Chris Pratt wasn't the only casting call. You have Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan Michael Key, Seth Rogen, and and you have Fred Ar and Fred Armisen, including Kevin Michael Richardson. So you have a pretty you have a pretty solid cast too. Now, now some of the casting choices I thought were pretty I will say were pretty good. Like Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan Michael Key as Toad. You can't even tell that's Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Like if you watch this film, you watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. You see that in theaters. You all you hear when Toad comes on screen, all you hear is Toad. You don't hear Keegan Michael Key's voice because. Kika Michael Key, he put a lot of effort into bringing Toad to life. Like, you don't hear Kika Michael Key. 
you all you hear is Toad. Even Jack Black as Bowser, which I thought was a well, thought was a pretty good casting choice too, because you hear Jack Black, you he, all you hear is Bowser. Now sometimes Jack Black does drop the Bowser voice sometimes during during a few scenes, but but at the same time, all you hear is Bowser and Toad in this movie, and uh, and of course I guess you can argue you do hear Princess Peach, particularly most notably from Anya Taylor Joy. I thought these three act actors did a fantastic job playing the characters. Even Kevin Michael Richardson as um, K-Mac, or should I say Magic Koopa. Magic Koopa, I thought he was pretty good as Magic Koopa. And you can't even tell it was Kevin Michael Richardson, because obviously when you hear Kevin Michael Richardson, you kind of like recognize his voice, most notably from a lot of animated media, like whether it's like, let's just say, he, let's just say uh, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch the series, Family Guy, of course, and a, and and then a multi and then and then multiple other roles as well. So all you and so basically Kevin Michael Richardson playing playing Magic Koopa, I thought it was pretty good because you do hear his first word saying, "Behold the king of the Koopas." That was his first line. That was his first line in the movie, and I was just like, "Holy holy cow!" I can't even tell who that guy was. And then of course you have um Chris Pratt and Charlie Day now. Let's be honest, you do hear Charlie Day and Chris Pratt's voice. You do hear their voice, but at the same time, they do a pretty good job trying. They really try to pull off the voices of Mario and Luigi, particularly Chris Pratt, because Chris Pratt did a Brooklyn accent. Same with Charlie Day. They all they all did Brooklyn accents in this film. And I, I actually liked it. I liked how they how they went with Brooklyn accents. Now, I was worried of how Chris Pratt was going to pull off his voice. I literally had my doubts of Chris Pratt. But the more, but somehow, when the trailers came out, like, his voice improved. It keeps going and going. Like, his voice improved. And, 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 it's, and it gave me a little hope. Okay, maybe his voice might actually be pretty good. Chris Pratt's voice might be good. And it did. I really love Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt as Mario. Now, now he won't top Charles Martinet in my personal opinion because let's be honest, Charles Martinet holds is basically the top actor to voice Mario, and he and he rightly and he rightly is. So now I'm just gonna go jump into the film just to break down the film. So um, so strap yourselves, so strap yourself, so strap yourselves in, so because here we go. So the film basically, so basically, the film opens up from the from the very first shot of the trailer of Bowser going into the ice, going into the Iceland, into the Iceland kingdom to get the star. And of course, we see Bowser's airship with all the Koopa army as they enter this this uh, this elegant ice kingdom where he's going he's going he's going up against the penguins to which. They're pretty badass as well. Their entire army comes in, throwing snowballs at snowballs at the at the at the Koopas, and of course Bowser as well. Of course, you also have like the King Penguin saying, "That was but a taste of our fury." Do you yield? And then of course Bowser's like, "I do not." And if, and then he burns down. He melts the entire castle. He melts the entire ice castle to get the star. And yeah, that was and that was basically it. That was the first uh, that was the first couple of minutes of that film. Until then, we get um, we get Mario Luigi in the next scene. 
Italian-American brothers, Mario and Luigi, have recently started a plumbing business in Brooklyn, New York. And, if, and we get a pretty, pretty awesome commercial, too, which, which uh, actually calls back to one of the commercials in the earlier Mario TV, TV series, where, the, uh, where Mario and Luigi are basically superhero-like plumbers just to, like, go, get on the job, be on, be on the job to help fix, to, to help plump, to help do the plumbing jobs and fix, uh, fix up sinks and pipes, which is basically it. We even get a nice little cameo from one of the original, uh, voice actresses who voiced Princess Peach in that scene. Like, I, I don't really remember, I don't really remember who the voice actress for the original Princess Peach was, but it was her, but it was her during that scene, that whole, uh, commer Mario Brothers commercial where, this one lady was like, thank you, Super Mario Brothers. That was basically her. That was one of the original voice actresses who played uh, Princess Peach in the uh, video games. And then, of course, we get a nice little in-joke from uh, Mario about the voice. Like, like he hears the Italian voices, like, and Mario's like, uh, yeah, how about the accents? Do you think that's a little, uh, do you think it's a little too much? And then, of course, you get this one uh, customer customer who Charles Martinet actually voiced, who Charles Martinet actually voiced, and he says, Are you kidding? It's a perfect! Wahoo! And of course, obviously, that's because uh, because that customer that Charles Martinet played, he liked the commercial. He actually liked the commercial and liked the accent, so you gotta give credit to that. I mean, hey, gotta give credit to that. But of course, um, Mario and Luigi bump into their old boss, Spike, or an ex-employer, because Spike, because uh, Mario and Luigi used to work for Spike, which is basically known as the Wrecking Crew, basically in the video games. And Spike is, Spike is voiced, uh, by, Spike is voiced by, and I apologize, I apologize for the mispronunciation, Sebastian, Sebastian, Sebastian Calco. And for those who don't know, Sebastian played um, Tony Lip's brother, brother-in-law in. Uh, in Green Book, for those who don't, for those of you who don't know, Spike is being played by, Spike's being played by the same guy who played Tony Lip's uh, brother-in-law in the movie Green Book. For those of you who probably may or may not know. So later on, so later on, uh, Mario, Mario and Luigi actually got a call, got a call, which uh, follows a, a little nice little jingle to uh, the uh, to the Nintendo GameCube. You get yeah you got a game Nintendo GameCube jingle going on through the phones and then Luigi and Mario were were actually excited because now they got like their first uh their first customer of the day. So they and this customer is that lives in a very rich apartment and Mario and Luigi are going in to fix up to fix up this person's um this person this person's uh sink. To which they do, but unfortunately, there is a dog. Uh, they have a dog. There is a dog that this this customer has who looks who looks like Doug from Up. I don't know if that was intentional, but maybe it was just a poke fun of Disney for some sorts. But this, but the dog attacks Mario and Luigi because Luigi accidentally stepped on a dog's uh, on a dog's bone, and it, because it cracked, and the dog just 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 goes after them after then which results in the bathroom beginning to flood and at one point they almost killed the dog because the dog jumps from the shower window jump jumps from the shower window to go after mario but what the dog didn't know that the, that he pushed the window open the dog almost dies but thankfully mario and luigi were able to rescue it and this customer sees uh sees mario and luigi 
uh, plumbing the toilet just to get the dog out. And then out, and I find it funny too that Mario was like, Mario Luigi was like, eh, here's the problem. I don't know if uh, now I don't know what happened after that, but after that scene, they just went they just went home to see the family. Yes, Mario and Luigi do have a fam do have a family, and the entire which is basically uh, <laughs> which is basically Mario's mother and father, and I'm pretty sure cut their cousins and grandfather as well. So anyway, Mario's father disapproves of Mario's decision to leave his steady job under his under Spike's employment and believes that he's dragging Luigi down with him. And of course, Mario feels uh, defeated and disappointed, saying, like, disappointed, saying, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the support. And of course, uh, Mario and Luigi are, are in the rooms. They see a manhole leak on the news, so they go, so they decide to go underground to fix it. But somehow, they get sucked into a warp pipe, and, um, and of and of course we hear like the uh, classic one of the classic underground underground themes like da 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 that that theme is actually being played in the background when Mario and Luigi are discovering that warp pipe. But of course, um, but of course they they Mario and Luigi get sucked into the pipe, and uh, this part actually this part actually reminds me of Thor Ragnarok when Thor and Loki. Are getting are basically being teleported back to Asgard, but somehow uh, Loki gets Loki gets separated out out of the portal from Hela, and this this scene reminds me of it because we see Mario and Luigi holding on together, but somehow they they both get separated out out of the time warp, and that and that reminded me of Thor Ragnarok, and of course Mario ends up in the Mushroom Kingdom. That is being ruled by Princess Peach while Luigi lands in the Dark Lands, ruled by the evil Koopa King himself, Bowser. So, of course, uh, going to where Mario is at right now, he's in the Mushroom Kingdom. He, he's just trying to figure out, what is this place? What's going on? Now, he doesn't say, what is this place? And I'm really glad that, they ne that he didn't say that, because that was just a trailer line. And then, of course, he meets up with Toad, who warns uh, Mario about that one mushroom. And he was like, my dad, this one is perfectly fine. He's preferring to the blue mushroom. He says that blue mushroom is fine. And Mario and Toad takes Mario to like to see Princess Peach. Now before now before before now before that now before that they they went through town just to see all the other Toad characters and we get some very awesome Easter eggs too, like like the jumping of the coins from the boxes. Of course, you get a little cheap cheap fish cameo. You get to hear more of the Mario theme, and then uh, you, and then Mario goes up the pipes, and then Mario seeing the blocks, and Mario's like, "Oh, do, do these blocks really just are just standing there, okay?" So yeah, and then, of course we get a nice little funny gag of Mario struggling to go through pipes because why not? It's funny, it's fun, and then of course Mario makes it up to the princess princess's castle. And we also get a nice little, nice little reference to when Toad said that uh, Princess Peach was at another castle. The Toad guards told Toad and Mario said, "Uh, sorry, but your princess is at another castle." <laughs> that that actually got me laughing too. Actually, I didn't know that was a thing until I looked up uh, the very first Mario game, Super Super Mario Brothers game, I should say. So, um, 
So Toad, the OG Toad, I should say, distracts the Toad guards by, you know, making what appears to be breakfast, which which could be a reference to Zelda or even the, the Lord of the Rings where um, Samwise Gamgee, like, you know, he has like a frying pan. Toad has a frying pan, so does Samwise Gamgee. They're basically making breakfast or lunch or supper. I mean, what's the difference? So, so Mario goes into the castle, goes into the castle to find Princess Peach. Princess Peach tells tells the Toad army to, to let him know that Bowser is coming, and uh, we and then we and then she's gonna go to the Donkey Kong Kingdom to uh, rally up the Kongs to stop Bowser. And of course, and of course Mario comes in just to see the princess because Mario wants to tell Princess Peach that he want he's looking for his brother. Now speaking of of his bro speaking of his brother, we cut to the Dark Lands, which I believe is supposed to be which is supposed to be World Eight, I believe. Like he goes to the Dark Lands. Luigi is there, scared. He is scared right now. He is so scared, like like he is literally scared because he has never been into a realm where is that scary. He see. And he he almost he's he freaks the hell if he, and it's and he freaks the hell out because it looks because he it seems like it's because it seems as though he that he landed in hell which is not true although I guess you can probably make the argument that 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 the realm is pretty hellish of course he meets up with a bunch of dry bones the dry bones army he even took out one and of course to get this light you just got a Luigi but of course for those of you who made. For those of you who remember, those dry bones cannot die by, you know, just basically smashing them. I think they died by just like throwing them off the edge or in, into or into the lava. I, I think that's how the how the dry bones died, I believe. Of course, they, they chase off Luigi into a mansion, which could be a reference to Luigi's mansion, only for the shy guys to capture Luigi and they take him to Bowser. They take him to Bowser's airship or Bowser's castle, I should say, and um, you know, and of course, we even get to see Bowser. We see Bowser. We see Bowser again, announcing, announcing to his entire army, Goombas, Koopas, whatever those things are. Those that line, that third line, whatever those things are, he referring to those Koopas that has like spiky shells. I actually forgot what those were called, but. I uh, but who cares? But anyway, um, Bowser makes an announcement to tell him that he's going to marry, that he's planning to marry Princess Peach, and destroy the Mushroom Kingdom using a superstar that that he caught. Bowser wants to use the star so he and Peach can rule the kingdom, but he will he will use the superstar as power if she refuses. Now that that line in, that line was mentioned by one of the Koopas. One of the Koopas asks, "What if, what if she says no?" Bowser burns that Koopa alive and turns that Koopa into a dry into dry bones, which is actually a uh, pretty dark humor. But you know what I'm saying? That's a little dark humor. But hey, that, uh, who, who do I? Say? But hey, it's Mario. So then, so then later on, Bowser goes on his piano and. I'm not gonna lie, Bowser singing Peaches is probably one of the best songs in this movie. 
Bowser is singing peaches, 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 peaches. Oh my goodness, that is probably the best song of this film. Please tell me. I hope it gets nominated for an Oscar just so it can beat Let It Go. I'm telling you right now. I hope Pete the Peaches song gets nominated for an Oscar because Jack Black really knows how to sing. And he's an actual singer too, by the way. Because he actually has a rock band called Tenacious D. Because he teams up with Kyle Gass to play uh, rock and roll music. And uh, definitely, he's got that voice. Jack Black has got that voice. Of course, uh, K-Mag or Magic Koopa interrupts Bowser's uh, Peaches song. And and he tells him that a, um, a certain Italian plumber has been captured. Or prison, I should say. And... Um, Bowser meets this Italian plumber, which turns out to be Luigi. He tortures Luigi by pulling on his little bit, on his little, on his mustache, only a, a little itty bitty hair. He pulls it off just to like torture Luigi, just so he can make Luigi talk because, because um, he's trying to figure out if there's another guy that looks like him, which, which is true because Mario is also here in the kingdom because Bowser doesn't, Bowser wants Princess Peach for herself, for himself. Rather than for Mar rather than Mario, because he believes Mario is going to date Peach, and he sees it as a competition for Peach's love, which is definitely true. So then Luigi gets trapped in basic gets trapped in a cage with all the other penguins from the uh, Ice Kingdom, and of course they also come upon this this star, this um, this Luma star, this Luma star for, the, for which is basically a reference to Super Mario Galaxy. This Luma star. Who I will say this, um, in my opinion, not the worst character, but probably one of the most annoying characters in this film, in my personal opinion. Now, if you like this star, that if you like this uh, Luma Luma star, that is totally fine. Hey, hey, that is great. That is great. But the way how they wrote this star in, basically saying a lot of dark humor, <laughs> first time around. Hey, that's. That's understandable, understandable, but second, third, and fourth time around, oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness, that's just a little too much, a little too much, uh, just a little too much dark humor from this star, because uh, this Luma star, or Luma Lee, Luma Lee, that's basically the uh, blue, the blue star, the blue Luma star from Super Mario Galaxy that teams up with Rosalina. One of, I believe, I believe Rosalina's the queen in Super Mario galaxy i believe i could be wrong but oh boy oh boy that blue star actually got on my nerve a little bit but there don't worry folks there is another blue item that really surprised a lot of people if you know what i'm saying so anyway um any anyway um luigi is trapped with the penguins and that luma star of course um Mario, 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 and Peach have a conversation, and Peach wants Mario to start training on this obstacle course, and 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 by doing that, he needs to eat a mushroom just to grow. Now, for what we got in this film, Mario hates mushrooms. He does not like mushrooms. We see that when he's eating dinner with his family at the beginning of the film. Now, now, now he, now he, he still, he still. He still, he still, he still doesn't like to eat mushrooms, but uh, Princess Peach forces that mushroom down his throat, by the way, just to make him big. Because you know what? In the games, 
those mushrooms, depending on what mushroom you get, it makes Mario big or small. So uh, Mario just keeps on. Keep, Mario goes into the training process. He keeps on failing multiple, multiple times, up until the uh, up until the last point where he actually succeeds. Now, also the, the the musical number that was played for that training sequence is "I Need a Hero." That was actually a pretty good choice. I like that song choice they use for when Mario is training because knowing the fact that Mario is going to be the hero of this movie, so that's a nice little that's a nice little touch. So then, after the training process is over, Mario, Princess Peach, and Toad are tra are traveling to the to the Donkey Kong world, and they actually stop by they actually went through other worlds as well like Yoshi's Island where they actually where they actually see a bunch of Yoshis not the uh, original Yoshi where Yoshi is green so but that actually comes on that actually comes later on by the way of course we also get to see the uh, the mountain world which was the final world that they were at you even get to see the uh, another realm where it resembles the island the the uh, water world, I believe, the water world island, I believe, where they actually end up, where Mario ends up getting getting his face sucked by uh, by a cheap cheap fish. And by the way, that that the scene where uh, Pete, Princess Peach takes out that fish from Mario's face, that was actually cut from the final product, which I don't really understand why uh, that was cut. I mean, I, I don't really understand why that was cut, which also which also will be another thing for this for this episode that that the problem with this film has also one of the main problems with this film is the pacing, which I will get to that right after this breakdown of the film. So then um we even so then um we even get to have a little moment where Mario and Peach were talking about like their past. Like we get to see a print baby Mario and Luigi and baby baby Princess Peach. Now, baby Mario and Luigi, Mario was always there for Luigi to stand up. And I thought that was a pretty cute moment. And also, Princess Peach coming coming through the pipe as a baby, I thought that was pretty cute too. And all and the entire Toad army just makes, makes, Prince, makes Peach their princess. Now, another thing to add on is the character moments. Like, we don't really get a whole lot of character moments in this film. And of course, with Princess Baby Princess Peach, I mean, obviously it was a cute moment, but it does beg the question: Was Princess Peach really from Mario's world, the the which is basically New York, Brooklyn, New York? Was she really from that realm? We don't even know. We never, we don't even know because we don't really see pictures or flyers or news and or news stories of saying that hey, lost little girl missing. Where did she go? Huge award, huge award for this girl. We don't even, we don't even get, we don't even see any of that because all we see is princess peach walking through walking through a pipe ends up in the mushroom kingdom and later becomes the princess of that kingdom so and that was basically it that was basically it we don't even know if where she, if she was from new york or, or brooklyn that could be something that the second movie would probably be, be something to look into if that's if that's ever going to happen but i don't know so then um later on Mar mario Toad and Peach arrive in the at the at at the donk at Donkey Kong Island, or should I say Jungle Kingdom? That's that's true, yeah. But if you know what I'm saying, Donkey Kong Island is basically the uh, the realm of all of all the Kongs of all the Kongs. If you know what I'm saying, that's probably why it's called. Well, in my that's how I, that's because I call it Donkey Kong Island. But 
for, for, for those who are fans of the video games, it is the Jungle Kingdom. So that's my bad. But but you kind of get the connection what I'm trying to say. So then uh, Princess Peach meets up with Cranky Kong, who's being voiced by Fred Armisen. And Fred Armisen is just being Fred Armisen. I mean, I don't know much about Fred Armisen, but, you know, hey, whatever. So Cranky Kong agrees to help on one condition, that Mario must defeat his son in battle. And for those of you who may may or may not know, and for those who have seen the movie, his son, he has to face off with Donkey Kong, with which Seth Rogen voices. Now, two things about Donkey Kong. One, they actually put in the Donkey Kong rap, or should I say, DK, Donkey Kong. That's the rap song that they actually use in this film when he first enters, and I don't know much about this song, but... It's so cheesy, it's it's good. <laughs> so then, so then, of course, uh, Donkey Kong shows off in front of his father, and of course, um, Seth Rogen's just being Seth Rogen in this film, by the way. So he, he's not even trying, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, actually, when I heard about Seth Rogen being being first casted as uh, Donkey Kong, I was like. Okay, that's actually a nice choice. But now, after seeing Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, I was like, it could have been better. It could have been better. I mean, all you hear is Seth Rogen's voice. You you don't even hear Donkey Kong. All you hear is Seth Rogen's voice. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, he has his moments. I mean, let's be honest. He does have his moments. And I thought... His fight scene with Mario is pretty cool. I mean, he gives Mario a beating. Even to the point when Mario uses the blue, the tiny blue mushroom. And and Mario was so tiny that he even flicks Mario like a bug. Like he flicks him off to the wall where he grows back. Donkey Kong has him cornered. He was about he's about to finish him off until um, Princess Peach yells at Mario in slow motion saying, Mario says, it's me! Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Princess Peach tells him about the box. Mario was, was able to get the other box, but unfortunately in that box is the cat suit. Probably one of the, one of the, one of the most famous, um, one of, one of the, one of the, one of the most famous power-ups in the Super Mario games. And Mario uses the, the cat suit to beat up, uh, Donkey Kong. And, that was it. That he beats Donkey Kong with the cat suit. I mean, let's just say this: Donkey Kong was literally trying, but at the very end, he was just mostly showboating at the time for most of it. But at the end of the fight, the fight was very good, and Cranky uh, Kong agrees to have the Kongs team up to team up with the Toad Army to stop Bowser. We even get to have a nice, uh, a nice Rainbow Road ambush between not only the Kongs but also the Koopa Army. And of course, a Koopa general destroys part of the road, part of part of the road, and and this is because this Koopa general, this Koopa general, by the way, is the blue shell general, the blue shell himself. The Koopa general is the blue shell himself, and he was driving this cart that looks like that looks like a Mad Max truck that you definitely see from Mad Max, but this time it's is basically Mad Max Rainbow Road. He's this blue shell is basically basically Mad Max on Rainbow Road. I I can't believe I'm saying this because because it almost feels like you're watching uh, a PG version 
of Mad Max. But this time, Mad Max is basically the blue shell while while he's driving while he's driving this weird cart that looks like a truck from Mad Max. Or if you want me to make another comparison, Mad Mario Rainbow Road, and we get we also get a nice chase sequence. The chase sequence is pretty cool too. Like we see Mario take out multiple uh, multiple Koopas, but the final straw came came in when the Koopa General, having his with his truck already broken down, this Koopa General is like, "You do not know who you're messing with." <laughs> oh yeah, Mario Kart fans know what he's talking about. He is talking about the blue shell. He uses his own shell to sacrifice himself just to just to break off Mario and Donkey Kong. And first car, he gets the first car. The first car that he sees, sees taking the lead. That was a moment that, that the Mario Kart, Mario Kart fans rejoice to see the blue shell in action. So yeah. So then uh, Mario Mario and Donkey Kong plummet into the ocean and are eaten by a giant eel like Ba-Ray while the other Kongs are captured. Peach and Toad return to the Mushroom Kingdom to warn the citizens to evacuate. So then Bowser arrives with his airship just to propose Peach and he wears and I think this is before I think this is I, does he wear the suit? Because he wears this 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 very awesome, very awesome, uh, this very awesome, uh, awesome jacket. He wears a jacket, he wears a suit jacket and a tie and a top hat from Super Mario Odyssey. That looks pretty, pretty cool. Actually, he does that for a practice with, uh, with Magic Koopa because Magic Koopa actually, uh, dresses himself up as Princess Peach because that is an in, because what Bowser was just practicing, but also a nod to Super Mario Wii where, uh, Magic Koopa dresses himself as Princess Peach to fool Mario just to let him know that Princess Peach is in another cage, which is a nod to the Super Mario Brothers Wii, to which that is a pretty nice nod. But also, when, um, when, when Bowser sees Princess Peach, Princess Peach has an axe in her hand, like knowing that, hey, that, knowing that he's, that she's a, that she wants to beat the living crap out of Bowser. But so somehow Bowser gets angry after she denies his proposal. So as also there you have it. You have Princess Peach being captured by Bowser, and of course, and of course Mario and Donkey Kong are stuck in an eel. They do have an argument about their own fathers. Never take their decisions, and of course they never take their decisions seriously, because you know sometimes you know their father. Sometimes like Mario. Wants to go big, wants to go big, and I get that. He wants to, like, you know, he wants to be, like, he doesn't want to be this, like, you know, nobody. He just wants to be somebody. He wants to be a somebody, which is, you know, that's fine. Same with Donkey Kong, because, you know, hey, both Mario and Donkey Kong have father issues. So then they were able to work together and get out of this giant EO by riding a rocket from Donkey Kong's cart, and they were able to catch up to Bowser and Peach's wedding. Where we got multiple cameos, most notably uh, the King Bob Om and uh, and King Boo. So so then so then at the wedding reception, Bowser intends to execute all of his prisoners. Basically, basically he's going to execute all the Kongs, and of course, um, and and uh, and of course, 
and of course Luigi, the penguins, and that Luma star. To which, um, to which uh, Luigi nearly gets killed, only to be rescued by, you guess it, Mario and Peach in her own ice flower suit. It's a real shame that we never get to see Mario in his uh, fire flower suit, but you know, hey, that's, you know, you know, that's, that's something, you know, hey, you know, it, it, because it's popular, because Mario with the fire flower suit, it is one, it is a cool, it is a cool, it is cool. It is cool and awesome, but you know, at the same time, but at the same time, I wish they could could have really incorporated that. So then the wedding gets the wedding the wedding gets ruined by Mario and Donkey Kong as they arrive to take out the Koopas and the Goombas. The Goombas were really uh, I feel like the Goombas were wait were wasted in this film. By the way, like I really wanted to see more Goom I really wanted to see more. Goombas fighting, just to be honest. Just my personal opinion. I mean, I love that Mario was able to fight off the Koopas and some of the Goombas, but I feel like we should have got a little more screen time with the Goombas, too. Just just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Not a whole lot, but just a little. Just saying. But, um... But, that, but also, we also get to see Mario wearing the, the Tanuki suit to save Luigi. Yeah, Lu Mario saves Luigi with the Tanuki suit. With the Tanuki suit. And uh, that was a pretty cool suit. That was a pretty cool suit, by the way. And that was that was from um, Super, I believe that was from the oh what game? That that was from one of the early Super Mario Brothers games, by the way. So then Bowser, Bow, so then Princess Peach freezes Bowser, and he's able to free himself and summons uh, Bullet Bomber Bill or Bullet Bill or Bullet Bill, but it, it but it's but it's Bomber Bill to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom, but that. That bullet literally went inside the war pipes where it explodes, creating a vacuum that causes Bowser's castle to be transported into Brooklyn. Now, a fight breaks off into Brooklyn, and of course, um, Bowser pummels, kicks the living crap out of Mario in the first round. Like, he is ready to beat the living hell out of him. Like, he, he's like trying to finish him off. Literally finishing off, but Mario is scared. He is so scared because he's never met a foe, a foe that big, a giant turtle-like monster, a demon from hell, to say the least. Of course, you also have Donkey Kong and Princess Peach trying to fight him off because you know they, the two know know more about the Mushroom Kingdom, but plus they had more training experience in there than Mario. But of course. Mario hides in his in the pizzeria that he and Luigi were at during the whole commercial, and he sees his commercial again, and he it inspires him to stand up for himself and to, you know, and you know, gotta do what's right. So anyway, um, so anyway, so anyway, they were able. So anyway, um, Donkey Kong and Princess Princess Peach were able to get the star out of Bowser. So. So this leads to Mario and Luigi grabbing the star to become invisible and defeat the Koopas. We even get to hear the famous that 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 superstar theme icing on a cake because Mario and Luigi beat the living crap out of Bowser and 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 of course all the other Koopas as well. Bowser is shrunk at the very end with a mini mushroom by Princess Peach, and he's imprisoned inside 
a little jar. And of course, we get a, get a little in-joke that Mario, from Mario, uh, is that, is that Mario told Princess Peach, Hey, told you I get it, told you I get, I get a turtle, I get you a turtle. Which is basically something that Mario and Princess Peach mentioned during the whole Rainbow Road uh, sequence. <clears throat> which is, um, which is something, which is something. Of course, that was ruined by Donkey Kong, because Donkey Kong just interrupted their conversation on Rainbow Road. says, is that how you get, get girls in your world? <laughs> really, Donkey Kong? Really? Ugh. So anyway, as all as always, uh, Mario and Luigi. Uh, anyway, Mario and Luigi became heroes. Even their parents and Spike were proud of the two. They were able to save the city. But now, sometime later, Mario, Mario and Luigi are living together in a house in the Mushroom Kingdom to rebuild. You know, to rebuild the Mushroom Kingdom. And and of course, we get an end credit sequence of Bowser playing. Playing on his piano, the Princess Peach song. Peaches, 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 peaches. Oh, that is, that is good. And of course, this also may also may hint of a sequel that Bowser may come back for revenge. And of course, another post-credit scene later, we see um, we see an egg in uh, in New York's in. Uh, there is a there is an egg in New York City, which is actually another end credit scene where uh where this egg it's a green it's a green and white egg which resembles Yoshi and it cracks, meaning we might actually see Yoshi in an upcoming sequel if that ever happens. And that's basically yeah, that is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Now I thought the film I thought the film was good overall. I had a fun time with that film. It was a blast. But it does have its fair share of problems. Now most notably is the pacing. The, despite the film, despite the film being 92 minutes, which which is which is fine for a film from Universal Illumination, which I think is fine, but I feel like they could have done the the pacing could have been a lot better. Like 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 the pacing feels quick. You are thrown into the action. Like the second and third act feels very quick. The first act seems slow because, you know, it's an origin story because Mario and Luigi, they want to show Mario and Luigi's origin story, which is fine. But it feels quick, but most notably in the second and third act. Like, the first act was done so well to, which, to where the second and third act felt very quick, despite all the cool, awesome moments that they have. And particularly, most notably, the, fi the, the, the final act. It feels rushed. Like, I feel like they could have paced out the final act a little more. Like it's just it, it just it just feels a little quick. I feel like they could have added in maybe about five more five more minutes of footage. I feel like it could have worked a little bit more, just in my personal opinion. Just to say, Chris Pratt as Mario, I thought he did a fantastic job. Now, it wasn't perfect. It, now I would I would say now it wasn't perfect, but it was it but Mark, but Chris Pratt really tried. He really tried his best, and he did. And he did a fantastic job. What he delivered, what Chris Pratt delivered on voicing Mario with the Brooklyn accent, it was perfect. There were times where he dropped the accent a couple times, but at the very end of the day, he was he was fine. Chris Pratt did a fine job as Mario. Charlie Day as Luigi, I thought he was fine too. Jack Black as Bowser was spot on. Same with Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Like I said, you couldn't even tell that was Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. If there was anything that I have to call out for voice acting, 
it would be Seth Rogen. I'm sorry to say this, but Seth Rogen was just being Seth Rogen in this film as uh, Donkey Kong. And let's be honest, he did have his moment. He did have it have his moments, but I feel like Seth Rogen wasn't really trying to put up a voice for Donkey Kong. He didn't even. I mean, he didn't even try. The same with the behind the scenes photos where he went to went to the premiere. He just he wasn't even trying. I'm sorry, he wasn't even trying because there were uh, photos of premiere photos of the Mario movie where um the actor is supposed to all be Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, Anya Taylor Joy, and uh, Jack Black. They were all they all resembled like they were all wearing suits that resembles their Mario characters except for um, Seth Rogen. Yeah, except for Seth Rogen. But voice acting wise, like I said, he had his moments, but I feel like. But I feel like Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen was being Seth Rogen in this film. Like, I'm sorry, it, it, it was just Seth Rogen being, being Seth Rogen in this film. Other, uh, his other voice acting roles, like you know, like Bob from Monsters vs. Aliens, uh, Mantis from Kung Fu Panda, and of course um, Morton from Horton Hears a Who. I thought they were fun. I thought those vo- his voices were fine in those, but for this film, I mean. I'm sorry, he was just being Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was just being Seth Rogen in this film as Donkey Kong. If you do have a different opinion on Seth Rogen voicing Donkey Kong, that is totally okay. I am totally fine with that, but this is just my personal opinion. And, of course, uh, going back to the pacing a little bit, um, I mentioned the, the, the cheap, cheap part where the, this cheap, cheap fish sucks on Mario's face. Like, like, he, like, the way how it's, the way how it's edited, like, once he, once that fish gets sucked onto Mario's face, it transitions to another world. Like, we don't see that fi- the fish getting pulled off by Princess Peach. So, like, I don't understand why that was cut. I guess maybe it was for pacing issues when the entire film was a little paced, was paced out very quick. Like, I would love to see a little more world building on the, when they travel to the worlds. Even if it's just for, like, a minute I probably even if they even if each world they go to was like a minute, I probably would have been okay. But it feels very paced out, quick. It, it felt very quick. It felt quick and fast. Even and of course I already mentioned the Luma Star. I mean, if you like the Luma Star, that is perfectly fine. But like I mentioned, first time around with the Luma Star was okay. Second and third time and fourth, ah, oh my goodness, it, it was just. It got a little too edgy for me. It was just a little too edgy in my in my personal opinion. But like I like I but here's the thing: if you like this Luma Star, totally fine. I understand that. I mean, Mario fans will definitely recognize the Luma Star from you know Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, but also, I also like the part where this Luma Star was able to play uh, the Mario theme on the saxophone, which I thought that was a very nice touch. Very nice touch to end the credits too. And I love the soundtrack for this film. The soundtrack where with all the Mario themes, that is good. I love the callbacks to the Mario games. Now, another now another song a song that I must have a nitpick was Take On Me during the Jungle World Kingdom where um the one where they were where they were driving through the kingdom. Like I feel like Take On Me didn't really it fell out of place. It really fell out of place for me because it didn't really, it didn't really have to be there, but I feel like take, they could have used a different song or a, another song from the, from the, 
from like you know from the jungle world or mario kart game from the mario games they could have used one of the jungle world themes for that i feel like they kind of wasted a little music opportunity on that just in my personal opinion but that's just me they could have used something they could have used like a musical number from the jungle world for the whole driving sequence through the jungle kingdom they could have used that for for the for the, the jungle kingdom introduction driving through but that's just me Besides the Donkey Kong rap and that one, which I think is pretty pretty good callback, I will say this overall: this film was made for the fans. This was made for the fans instead of the critics. I mean, I feel like I feel like the crit I feel like the critics should like you know, just because it's not their film, but it's a film that you know people can enjoy. Even Chris Pratt himself mentioned that this film is your soundtrack to is a soundtrack to your childhood, and that's true because you know a lot of people. Who grew up with the Mario game? Because there's a lot of people who came to see this Mario movie grew up with the Mario games. So yeah, this is definitely a soundtrack to your childhood. Also to mention, the film made over six hundred and ninety-two point nine million dollars. It made over six hundred million dollars. That is close to seven hundred million. And it, it also became the highest-grossing film based on a video game after just one week of release. And may I also mention, also to mention, that on this first weekend, on on this first weekend, the Super Mario Brothers movie it overperformed in other territories. Make it actually, it actually made three hundred and seventy-seven point two million million dollars. The Super Mario Brothers movie made three hundred and seventy-seven point two million dollars on its opening weekend, surpassing Frozen. Frozen 2's record, and it, and it even and as I mentioned, it became the highest-grossing video game movie of all time, surpassing Warcraft. So that means, so that means the Super Mario Brothers movie just dethroned Disney's Frozen 2. And of course, last year Disney has Disney has not been doing well with their animated movies at the box office, and now. Dizzy's complaining, why didn't we get this type of money? Well, I wonder why. Oh, I wonder why. Why? Because Disney would rather want to shove in identity politics into identity politics. They want to shove in forced identity politics into their animated movies rather than simply telling a good story. And of course, not to mention, not to mention, Universal and Dream, Universal Illuminate, uh, actually not to mention, the Illumination and, and DreamWorks made more money, a lot more money with their animated films in 2022 than, Dis, than, than any of the Disney animated films that came out in 2022. Just to say that, this is Disney's money right now. Right now, Universal is telling Disney, telling Disney right now, sorry Disney, but your box office is at another studio right now. Get it? Because... The Super Mario Brothers movie has not only become one of the highest grossing movies for for a video game movie, but also it is it it is also grossing almost seven hundred million dollars. It could even crack a billion. That could be possible. I don't know if that that could be possible. I don't know when, but you never know. Time will tell. I mean, Dizzy right now they're just ah oh, they're just they're just being they're Dizzy is <laughs> Disney the company right now. They are not having it, man. <laughs> like I'm telling you this right now. I'm telling you this right now. This is definitely something. This is definitely this is definitely a gold. This is definitely a gold standard for illumination because 
let me let me be honest. Illumination does have their own flaws with their films, but all they want to do is just to entertain the audience, and that's what the Super Mario Brothers did. They were entertaining not only the audiences, but the, but the people who who grew up with the with the video games, and for those who are continuing to to play video games of the Super Mario Brothers. So anyway, that pretty much wraps up this episode. As I mentioned, what did you guys think of this film? Did you like the film? Did you not like the film? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. Did they even did the critics were the critics too hard in this film? I would I would like to hear your thoughts. So anyway, that wraps up that wraps up for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.